0: Good morning, good morning. How's everybody doing today? Good. Everybody's awake, feeling Christmassy? I am. That's why I wore green. That's actually not why my wife told me to wear this. Um, but, uh, but man, I, I'm so glad to preach this morning and bring the word to you guys. Um, we've been here for a little over a year, and uh, this is the third time I've, I've gotten the chance to preach. And somehow I still get chances. Um, So I'm excited about that. Uh, But man, in all honesty, uh, we love this community. We love this church. Um, And and I love sitting under the leadership of Pastor Aaron and Beth. Um, They've made an impact in our life. And and we're just so grateful for them on a personal level. But man, I just wanna let you know, we have... Great leaders and pastors over this church. So uh, we can be grateful as a body together. Um, if you don't know my wife or you haven't met us, or let's say it this way if we haven't met you, um, that's my wife, Brooke, over there in the front left. Um, some of you, thank you, Becker. Some of you are asking, how? And I. Ask myself that every day, um, so it just happened. So, anyways, I'm grateful, uh, and we have a one and a half year old. His name is Crew. Uh, he is awesome. It's spelled with a K, by the way. He's not in here. Uh, he didn't want to hear the word of the Lord, so we're still working on his salvation. Um, so, uh, so he he's a great kid, though. Uh, but, but man, anyways, you know we we've been here a year and a half, and and. You know, I, some of you know this, but we're young. We're young parents, and and I'm not just talking about age. Um, Pastor Aaron knows this. I, I'm a little bit naive in my fatherhood. Um, I know none of you are that way, right? So, but anyways, I am. So I'm a little bit naive, and um, and what I mean by that is there are things that I expect a one and a half year old who can't emote normally and and can't communicate normally and and can't uh, complete actions normally. Um, I expect him to do them normally, and it's kind of a, it's a weird thing. I'm like, man, why aren't you telling me what you want? I don't get it. You know, he's like, because I don't know the words yet. Um, so, anyways, I have this a little bit too high of an expectation, and um, it's just kind of the way it is. And let me just preface this: I, I'm going to go on a little tangent here, but I want to pre. Some of you are like, man, he's already mean toward his son in this sermon. Um, it might get worse, uh, but. I love, I love my son. Like, I mean, I absolutely love him. Um, You know, he is, I would say, second to my wife. He's my best friend. And like, some of you are like, well, you're not supposed to be your kid's best friend. You're supposed to be their parent. I agree. But I'm telling you, I, I love my child. He's my best bud. Um, I, I love him to shreds. And, and that will not change no matter what he does, where he goes, you know, whatever he chooses life, I will love him regardless of anything. Um, the problem is, I don't know if I'm his best friend. Um, and so, and some of you are like, you know that moment where you're like, yeah, hey, that person is my best friend. And then you talk to that person a few days later and they say their best friend and it's not your name. Um, and, uh, that's a, that's a terrible feeling. Um, and you know, that's what I feel with, with my son. Um, so even though I love him, I just, you know, there are times where my little best friend just frustrates me and and you know whether it's it's me getting home and I'm like, man, I get to see my wife, um you know the one I said how like that's why I love seeing her because I'm like i, I want to keep I gotta stay in front of her, you know what I mean, let her know I'm there so so anyways we're we're talking we're having fun and and I haven't seen her and and, and my son he he and he just starts stringing together random syllables um and just screaming them at the top of his lung, and I'm like, well, there goes that conversation. Um, So that happens. And, and, you know, or I wake up in the morning and I'm feeling, feeling good. And he comes and says, Hey, I'm like, man, my son loves me. Then he headbutts me square in the nose. And I hear this click in my nose and I'm like, it's broken. It's over. You know, it was crooked enough as it was. Um, But, but anyway, so, so moments like that happen. Um, So this is what I've learned is that I don't, always, I I know that I love my son, and I will always love my son, but I don't always know how I feel toward him in the moment. I don't know, just being honest with you, I don't know how I always feel toward him, but I know that I absolutely love him. And what I can tell you is this, is that over this last year and a half, because he's a year and a half old, I have learned more about the love of Christ through him than I ever thought I would know. Um, and it, it, he, is, he has absolutely changed my life. He's probably the reason I'm able to even teach the message I am today is because of my son and the, and the love that he has helped me uh, know. And not just, not just learn in, in, a, in a knowledgeable way, but really know in my heart. Um, and man, I, I, I believe that, you know, in this Christmas season, we, we lo- you hear the word love a lot. And it's a good thing. It's not a bad thing. It's a great thing. I, I, I love hearing about love. You know, people are like, man, it's a time for spending time with loved ones. Don't you just love, you know, the Christmas season? Don't you just love the, the spirit and, and all this stuff? And, and love is always on the tip of our tongues. And, and what I want to tell you is this, and this might sound rough, but what I believe is this, is that our lens of love actually starts off in a broken place. Our lens of love starts off in a broken place. And, and some of you are like, well, that's not what I wanna hear two days before Christmas. And I would say to you that I didn't wanna hear Baby Shark for the 5,000th time this week. Um, but we're gonna go in anyway. So, so anyways, um, man, our, our lens of love has been broken. And the reason I say that is because really, like we all have a different definition. I would look at you and say, hey man, this is how you love. You would look at me and say, "Mm, I don't think so. So where did that come from? Because our definition of love has been twisted, mangled, broken, however you want to say it. And so my first point to you today is this, and it's a truth we all know. You're not going to be surprised by it. But it is this, is that God is love. God is love. And so what, you know, we've grown, this culture is, is very like, well, well, you can love this way and you can love this way and, and love is whatever you want it to be. And I know that, that, that I, I get our hearts in that, but it's starting off from a place. The reality is this, is that if the truth is God is love, then that means that there's one kind of love and I want that one. I don't want the one that I've identified. I don't want the one that I have, have taught myself and how to get through life and how to make people feel better. I want the one that is radically transforming people's hearts in this world. That's the kind of love that I want. Uh, and so we see a couple different of these loves uh, or types of love in Scripture. And there's a couple different specific Greek words used and I know you just saw that class up there and I don't know 100 Greek words off the top of my head just so you know so I'm not trying to sound smart. Uh, These are just simple, but there's a few. And one of them is epithumia and and this is kind of like a, um, it's like a romantic kind of love. Uh, And then there's another one and it's phileo. And do do you agape love me? And Peter say, I phileo love you. And Jesus is like, that's not what I'm looking for. So then there's agape love. Then there's agape love, which is this, this love of, of choice. It's an it's a unconditional love. It's a love of decision. And it comes out of a, a different place, not this place of feeling, but a place of identity. And so what we realize is this in scriptures that God is not these feelings of love. God is agape love. God is the identity of love. It is who he is. God can't challenge himself in this. It's just who he is. There's a, he will not change. And so I wanna read this verse. 1 John 4, 19 simply says, we love because he first loved us. So what that's telling me is that's the reason I can love. So if my love is any other definition outside of who God is, it's actually not love. It's feeling, it's what, it's what I'm conjuring up. It's how I'm, I'm figuring out how to love people. And many of us, for, see, from this scripture, many of us have asked this at some point in our life, is this, how, how can God love me? Like after all the things that I did, after all the failures that I've had, after all those thoughts I had that no one else knew about, after the way I treated my wife, after the way I treated my family because I can't stand them, after all these things, how does he love me? And the answer is simple to him. But it's that he is it. He is love. And so see, we started off created in the image of God, which means we're actually created In the fullness of this perfect love. But the moment that we decided to to eat of the tree and we served ourselves and we wanted to become like Him, which is crazy to me because the thing that we thought would make us like Him is actually what made us further away from Him and most unlike Him. But we began to love out of feeling and not out of identity. As soon as that happened, we begin to love out of feeling and not identity. And that brings us to our second point, which is this. So not only is God love, but God commands us to love. He commands us to love. So while living in this false identity, God made flesh, Jesus Christ comes, lives among us, and he completely shatters our idea of what love looks like. And what I love, I love this, in 1 Peter 2, it talks about how Christ is a stone of stumbling and a rock of offense. And so the Pharisees, man, the religious leaders of the time, they're, they're like, I can't stand this guy. He's going outside of what we're supposed to be doing. He's not doing it right. So his love shattered their idea. And then there are people all the way on the other end who don't have a relationship, who don't know him, and they're going crazy. they're like, well, who is this guy? His love challenges every single one of our idea of what love is. That's what he did. John 13, four through five, man, I love this. It says, so he got up from supper, laid aside his robe, took a towel, and tied it around himself. Next, he poured water into a basin and began to wash his disciples' feet and dry them with the towel tied around him. See, Jesus was in a room with a man who would betray him. He was in a room with a man who would deny him. And he was in a room with many other men who would forsake him. So none of them are Really sticking by him in this moment, and what he knows that. And what does he decide to do? He decides to serve them, love them, and wash their feet. And let me let me tell you something is that in this time, in terms of washing feet, you know, they had the, the open I don't know at Fuge Camp, they call them open toed, open heel shoes, but you know, they're they're sandals, so their feet are probably gross, right? They're walking around in dusty streets and all this stuff, and so it was customary to go into a home and in the The host of that home, the owner of that home, would have a basin filled with water. And so if I was walking to that home, I would wash my feet off in that basin. But in a wealthy home, in a a rich home, there were servants who would wash the feet of the guest's. So Jesus didn't just say, hey, let me give you the basin so you can wash your feet. He said, let me lower myself to the form of a servant and wash your feet for you, even though you'll do those things to me, even though you'll mess up, even though you'll fail me within minutes, within, within hours, you're going to do these things, but I love you anyway. That is agape love. And he showed it to us right in that very moment. And what I love is that moments later, in John 13, verse 34 to 35, this is when he says, I give you a new commandment. Love one another just as I have loved you. You must also love one another. So he's been exemplifying this love. He's been showing it to us. Whether we understand it or not, now he is commanding us to show it as well. And he doesn't just say, he doesn't say, "Hey, try your best." hey, if you can, hey, you, you can figure it out. Like, you, you guys will get it. Just show each other this kind of, no, he said, just as I have loved you. I mean, that, that language is so important. Like, like it's, not, it's not, hey, you know, if you're feeling this way, then show them love. No, just as I have loved you, so you will also love one another. That's how they'll know you're my disciples. That's the only way they'll know, is if you love the way I have loved you. And that brings us to our third point, which is this, is that God didn't leave us in this. He didn't say, hey, do it, figure it out. He said, this is my commandment. And so guess what? God fills us with love. He fills us with this very love that he has shown to all of us. And so we have this commandment to love. And in, in, in John 16, we see Jesus promised the coming of the counselor, the Holy Spirit. And, and I, I absolutely love this. And some of you are like, Josh, better be careful. He's about to go in. I, I love Pastor Aaron and I talk about the Holy Spirit all the time. But I'm, I'm very excited about this. But Jesus said, it's better that I go that you can have the counselor. And so he promises this. And then we actually see on the day of Pentecost, we see the spirit fall. And in this moment, we see tongues of fire resting on individual men, and, and, and they're speaking tongues, and these, these awesome things are happening, right? And, and we get like this about this scripture, but I want to tell you something, is that later in 1 Corinthians 13, 1 through 3, Paul says this, if I speak the languages of men and of angels, but do not have love, I am a sounding gong or a clanging cymbal. If I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have all faith so that I can move mountains but do not have love, I am nothing. And if I donate all my goods to feed the poor and I give my body to be burned but do not have love, I gain nothing. So this is my thing. If tongues were not the primary motivation in 1 Corinthians 13, then it means they weren't on the very day that the Spirit fell on men in the first place. And so on that day, yes, that's amazing. And then these manifestations of the Spirit are happening, but this is the deal, is that the love of God was filling men. The love of God was filling us on that day. The love of God fell and filled you up to the brim. And so I I just absolutely love this. You're, You're filled with the very agape love of God. So that's why he said, it's better that I go because you've been watching the example, but now you need to be filled. Now you need to be filled. And, and I think many of us would hear this and say, like, 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 you know, we'd see a quote on Facebook about love. And this quote is, let's say it's about radical love, and you don't love people by telling them, you love people by showing them. And we go, yeah, I agree, I'm a Christian. But this is the thing, is that I think that there are plenty of things we do in our life that, that they're, they're good things. They're good things. Maybe it's, maybe it's the anointing you walk in, and you honor the Lord in your anointing in your life and the gifting in your life, and that's amazing. Maybe it's the spirituality of your family. Maybe your family, like you guys, you just have this thing in your family where your, your kids read scripture. You know, they, they love learning about the Lord. They love, they honor their parents and all these things. The spirituality of your family is, is great, Maybe it's, maybe it's you give to the poor and the needy and, and all these things. All these are very good things, but they mean nothing if they are not out of the identity of love, out of the fullness of love. And so, uh, it's, it's more than possible to do every single one of these things over and over and over again and never have the love of God even evident in that situation. That's what I want to tell you in this moment, but, um, I mean, the the sending of the Holy Spirit reminds me this, that the whole Christian life is not about a feeling, but it's about a filling. It's not about a feeling of love, but rather a filling of love. I need to be filled with the love of God. See, this world teaches you this, is that if you feel something long enough, ultimately you'll become it. Like, just, hey, just try to. It's self, for the best self help books in the world. Just wake up every day and tell yourself you're great. Tell yourself you're awesome. Tell yourself the best is yet to come. That's cool. That sounds great. But what I read in the Bible is that if I become something, then I will feel something. If I become something, not by me on my own actions, but because Christ has allowed me to even say, Yes, Lord, I want you. And He fills me up with all He is. And now I have become a new creation. A new creation in Christ Jesus. And so we can run from Christian event to event. We can do Christian action after Christian action and Christ never be there in the first place. So maybe we've exemplified love. Maybe we've figured out what it looks like. But man, I I think about an artist, right? And they fill these molds and that's what their work takes the shape of. And it's amazing to me is that I mean, I personally, I don't, I wouldn't go, but I'm not, you know, I'm not some like um, art enthusiast or anything. So don't, don't mishear me. Connoisseur, right? That's the word. But I don't think that there's much value in the mold. Like I don't go buy a mold and hang it up on my wall and go, wow, imagine the piece of art that would come out of that thing. I want, I want the piece of art. I want what it's filled with. I want the thing that takes the shape of the mold, and this is what I realize, is that Christ provided the perfect mold of what it looks like to be filled with God, to be filled with the presence of God, to be love. He showed us that perfect mold, and some of us are walking around, waving, posting on our walls that we have the mold, but we never had the filling. We've never been filled. So we actually haven't taken the shape, we just have it. We know the form of Christ, but we don't know the identity of Christ so, man, we, we, we need it. And the very power of love is this, that it's from the Spirit of God, not from your own doing, not from your own ability, right? I want to read this to you because, man, I, at, at, the, at the risk of sounding prideful, man, this is just good. Not because of me saying it because it's the Word of God, but Matthew 1, verse 20. Let's read this. But after... He had considered these things, an angel of the Lord suddenly appeared to him in a dream saying, Joseph, son of David, don't be afraid to take Mary as your wife because what has been conceived in her is by the Holy Spirit. See, this is Christmas time. We celebrate love being made manifest among us. The, the, the reality, the, the, literally love become flesh. We celebrate that together and I'm so happy we do. This is like my favorite season of the year. But this is the truth, is that in this moment, he's saying, hey, in Mary, Christ was made manifest by the Holy Spirit. And what I'm telling you is this, today, in this world, Christ is made manifest by the Holy Spirit. Mary was pregnant with with Jesus, and guess what? So are you. You're called to be filled with him. You're called to bring him wherever you go. You're called to be brimming over with the presence of Jesus, and so I'm, so I'm so excited for that for us that we get to, we, man, we get to host the presence of God. And this, this brings me to my final point, which is this, is that God didn't just fill us with love, but God filled us to love. Some of us, we, we settle in the place where we go, man, I, I know I'm filled with the love of God, but he didn't just fill you so you could be full. He filled you so you could pour out, Right? John 7, 38 to 39 says this, the one who believes in me, as the scripture has said, will have streams of living water flow from deep within him. He said this about the spirit whom those who believed in him were going to receive for the spirit had not yet been received because Jesus had not yet been glorified. So again, we see this filling of the spirit. We see this filling of love with those who believe in Christ Jesus as their Lord and Savior. But here's what I know in my life personally, maybe I'm just talking about me, but you will leak what you are full of. You'll leak what you're full of. And so some of us walk through life so careful not to agitate a relationship. Why? Because we know people, listen, we're scared of people poking us. We're scared of people prodding at us. Why? Because we're, we know what we're full of. We're full of insecurities. We're full of pride. We're full of doubt. We're full of anger. We're full of frustration. We're, we're full of envy and rage at times and, and all these different things. Well, we don't want to leak all over somebody. We, you know, that's what people call emotional leaking. Well, I don't want to do that to people either, but my question is this, is what if we were so full of Christ that we weren't even concerned with leaking, but instead we were just going out pouring all over the place? I'm not scared of what's inside coming out because I know that all I am is who he is. All I am is who he is. That doesn't mean that I've done it. That means that he did it. That means that he filled me with his presence and that I don't have to worry about, you know, the, the frustration I have and all these things that I'm going to, I'm going to lash out at somebody. No, Christ is in me. Christ is alive in me and he will overflow from me. I saw this, um, I saw this video and, uh, it was a mom with her kids. Uh, and, um, and we, uh, I, well, we weren't watching. I was watching it. Um, I watch too many YouTube videos. Let's just be real. But it was this mom, and, and she um, she had these, these cupcakes, and she made all these cupcakes for her kids. And uh, she carved out the the center of the cupcake, and uh, and she filled it with mayo. Yeah, it's messed up. Phew. Terrible mom. Oh, I'm just kidding. I'd probably do that to crew one day. It'd be funny. Um but she, she uh, she carved it out and filled it with mayo. Who, who's like a mayonnaise fan? Anybody? Who's a Miracle Whip fan? Oops, not me either. I didn't mean to raise my hand. Um. But but yeah. So she fills it with mayo, which which is just I don't even know how to describe it. Sour. Um. And uh, done this because they were already worried. Tapes her kids eating it, and I could tell they were. I don't know how often she's done this because they were already worried. Um. But. Uh, <laughs> But like, they looked like they knew something else was in these cupcakes. I mean, you pulled the cupcake trick one too many times, but, um, so they take a bite and you know, the first bite's shallow, so they didn't really get the filling. Then the second bite and then man, I almost get cringy just thinking about it. Cause they just like spit it out. It's disgusting. Um, they're freaking out. I mean, their faces turn, you know, like that sour face that that's what it looked like. And, uh, laughing you know she she's she's like oh I filled it with mayo I'm a great mother uh and and uh her kids man they're so hurt you know like they're like what is wrong with you like when when a 12 year old looks at you and says what is wrong with you you definitely have an issue but um but uh but anyways they're grossed out and she ends up giving them you know like a real cupcake in the end and and they ate those with full trust still. And I was like, what is happening? But um, just do it twice, mom. But, but anyway, so they, they end up, they end up uh, eating them and, and they enjoy the cupcake. But this is what I realized, that it felt like a cupcake. It looked like a cupcake, but it was filled with everything but what a cupcake is supposed to be filled with. And so I believe that can be us sometimes. Let me just say it this way. I believe it's me sometimes, if that makes you feel better, is that, I'm constantly, you know, I'm praying, I'm trusting the Lord. I'm like, Lord, fill me up every day. Because that's what it is. It's an everyday decision. It's not this, it's not one time and it happened and now I don't ever have to worry about it again. It's an everyday decision that I say, I'm either going to wake up today and go off my feeling or I'm going to wake up today and ask for a fresh feeling. Like, I want to be filled with the presence of the Lord. I want to be filled with this agape love, this unconditional love. Why? So that I can spring, spring from, from wellsprings within me, outcome love to everyone I meet, whether it's at Starbucks or it's at the gas station or it's, or it's in the office. Who knows what your office situation is looking like? But man, that's what it is about. And so, man, I, I just want to, my, my belief for us is this, that as a body of Christ, that we would know that the God we serve is love, is perfect love. Nothing short of it. Not, we don't need anything additional. We don't need to add to his love. It is perfect. So that he is love, and he has not only just shown us what it looks like, but he's commanded us to live it. He's commanded us to be it as well. And to do that, he has filled us. He's filled you with everything you need, right? Right? Some of us are like, man, I, 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 we look for all these outside sources to help us. And I'm like, there's one, there's one source. If you don't, if that is not your main source, you're going to, it's all empty. It's all empty. I'm not saying there's not value and, you know, little personality tests, you know, which avocado are you and stuff like that. But there's value in whatever you want to do. I, you know, Enneagram this and whatever. But the truth is this, is that if your source, if your foundation is not Christ and Christ alone, something is missing. You are not filled with what you have been designed to be filled with. Don't be filled with mayo, right? That's what you're gonna remember from today. You're really, I'm not gonna be filled with mayo. I mean, I believe this for us. I believe that we weren't just called to be this, but that we have been filled with it by the grace of God, by the love of God. And you have the full ability. Why? Because it's not your ability. It's the power of Jesus Christ living in you, alive today. And let's let's pray together. Lord, thank you so much for who you are. Thank you for your love. I thank you that in this moment, Lord, I know you're doing a work in each of us. You never stop working in our lives. You never stop working on our hearts. Lord, I pray that if there are any of us in this room right now who, who know that we've been filled with, with anger and, and, and lust and, and, and envy and jealousy and all these things that we don't want to be filled with because it's us, Lord, that we know we need you, that right now would just be a moment of surrender. That we would say, none of me, Jesus, and all of you. None of me, but all of you. Change us from the inside out, Lord. Help us reach this community, not with our ability, but with our trusting in you, with our becoming more like you. We love you, and we pray this in your name. Amen.